You're listening to the Benchwarmers Podcast Network, and this is Ride the Pine. Welcome to Ride the Pine. This is Kenny, and I'm sitting here with Adam, Charlie, and Cameron, also known as the three losers who are going to argue with me about the Super Bowl. So let's get started. Big matchup this weekend, Charlie. Tell us what happened. Yeah, the, the big matchup lately that everybody's talking about, man. It's, uh, it's Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky. Makachev coming out as the pound-for-pound champ now. Uh, is that what we're talking about? No, I was I was referencing the big game, but thank you for our UFC thirty second spot. Of course, we didn't even hit thirty seconds. Keep keep one listener happy. Yeah, it's a hot hot <laughs> UFC minute. All right, let's get into the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, it was the Chiefs and the Eagles. Chiefs getting the win here, thirty eight thirty five. Kenny, as the resident Chiefs fan, I'll let you uh, gloat for ten minutes. Why would I? I'm not going to gloat. Like, why Why would I be a, a sore winner? Because I will tell you what, at my international sales meeting, I saw a lot of sore losers this week. So I'll just leave they're, it at that. They're the uh, newly born Eagles fans, correct? Yep. You know, they say an idiot is born every minute, and there's a lot of them in Philadelphia. They keep getting just multiplying in Philadelphia, like rabbits over there. I mean, I do feel. Missouri, too. I mean, I do feel bad for their fans. You know, they're the only city to go 0-3 in championships. And uh, even worse for them, the Flyers are probably not going to make the playoffs. So, And don't forget about the fact that they live in Philadelphia. That's a good point. That's probably the best point, really. Uh, but in reality, did uh, Jalen Hurts had to put up the best by far numbers ever for a player that lost the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I mean, if if Philly wins that game, he's the clear-cut Super Bowl MVP. I mean, what he had, he had over 300 yards passing. He had three rushing touchdowns. I mean, he was he was the only thing that was working for them, it seemed like. Yeah, I actually have these stats here. 27 of 38, 304 yards passing, one passing touchdown, three rushing touchdowns, and 70 rushing yards. And Absolute one fumble clinic. that cost them the game. He had like Madden like numbers, but and, and Kenny that I that is a massive play that changes the game, but they still were in it in the fourth quarter. Like it didn't lose them. They the game. scored every single happened. drive yeah. on the first half. That touchdown, you can argue, is the biggest momentum swing, because guess what? This argument was never Chiefs defense against the Phillies offense. It was always. How is the Chiefs' defense going to hold up to the Philly offense? Because it's a juggernaut. And you know what? Nick Bolton should have had two of them. Yeah, he definitely should have had two of them. And he would have been Super Bowl MVP for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he got robbed on that second one. But that's just poor officiating. I mean, like, and I'm sure at some point here and very soon, somebody's going to bring up the fact that that was a holding penalty that should not have ever been called a holding penalty, but it was called because it was the penalty. Just you don't make that call at that point. But whatever. But that was a fumble. And nobody's ever going to argue about that. Like, that totally went the Eagles' way at that point because that would have 100% changed everything. That was a fumble, and it would have would have killed the game right then and there for him. I will argue that's not a fumble. <laughs> Catching the ball and turning around isn't a football yeah. move. What else did he need to do? <laughs> he called it while turning. <laughs> that's not, it's not the but same he's, thing. He's still squared up. And made a move going forward. I don't think he was moving forward yet. I think he was still spinning sideways trying to move forward. I mean, it it really just goes to the fact that the NFL doesn't know its own rules. It's fucking and, whose line is anyway out there. And, and, and I mean, I, I kind of say that sarcastically because it was Nick Bolton. Like, But actually, the play that I'm more infuriated about as a Chiefs kind of supporter is the catch by Dallas Goddard. It's not a catch. He loses full control of that ball, regains it, touches one foot on the line. It's not a catch. 
It's not a catch. If Des Bryant's touchdown wasn't a catch, that was not a catch. How dare you bring up Des Bryant with Charlie in this room? Charlie's still crying about that. (laughs) That's why he's so quiet right now. Uh, I don't know what a catch is. Unless somebody physically catches the ball and keeps on running, I don't know if it's a catch. It's 50-50 every single time that happens. If it's close, no idea. Like, you're just guessing. And the NFL does it too. If you're leaving in the hands of of an official on the field that is now talking to somebody in the booth, you're going to get a different opinion every time because nobody's going to say, yep, this is by the book what happened. Like, you can't do it. And then when you slow it down frame by frame by frame, of course you're going to see different things every fucking time. And it seemed like on two or three of those replays during the Super Bowl, or the big game, because we're going to get fucking copyrighted because of saying Super Bowl so many times, but you you slow a play down that happens in less than half of a second to something that is stretched out to like 10 seconds. And then you're going to find 18 different camera views to find the one thing that you want to see. This is the same argument I have in college football. If you're going to slow it down to that millisecond of a play frame by frame, you got to change the rule. You, you can't have that. And another thing to remember is, uh, I mean, the officiating has been pretty shitty all year. I feel like it's been a storyline almost every week. Um, it's something that, you know, was brought up several times throughout the throughout the playoffs, uh, the last few weeks of the regular season. And so, I mean, at least one way to look at it could be it's no different than every other game. So at least it's fair in that aspect. Yeah, they're consistently horrible. I mean, I, 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 I would say this. This is kind of the burden of instant replay, right, is that – the refs call the game in a different way. And and I know, you know, football refs have been instructed to let the play continue. That is kind of their mantra. So it is hard, um, right? Like the Eagles obviously got one in the NFC game where Devonta Smith doesn't make the catch on that fourth down and they hurry up to the line and they get the, the snap off. Now that game was out of, out of pocket like it nothing even reversing that call doesn't get the 49ers a win but it still just shows that like their main focus is letting the play finish um instead of getting it wrong initially did you notice during the game that that exact same scenario almost played out with this exact same thing Devonte smith going down the sideline does not actually make the catch pops up starts doing the exact same hand signal <laughs> in his hand warmers. I mean, you got to be smarter than to do the exact same signal. You got to mix it up somehow and not just give everyone there the heads like up that s- you didn't catch that. I would like to say that I was the one that said that Devontae Smith would outperform A.J. Brown, and he did by one catch in four yards, so I win. <laughs> I don't care about the touchdown. One play, four yards. Well, so let's get back to, you know, talking about – the first half was there anything that stuck out to you guys yeah uh something i noticed um you know you had mentioned at the beginning or in in the second half how the the chiefs you know dominated throughout that scoring as much as they did uh they were actually held scoreless in the last three drives of the first half um so i I think for them to turn it around in the second half the way that they did that's that's a you know big show of of their determination and their drive and all that. So I think they were very deserving champs. Um, and as you said, I also wanted to shout out Nick Bolton with, with his performance. You know, obviously we're a little biased with being Mizzou fans, but it, it was really, really cool to see him get that uh, get that fumble recovery for a touchdown, uh, almost get that second one. It was, it was very exciting to see that. So as much as, as much trouble as I give the Chiefs, uh, I, it was cool to see him win. So Yeah, as much as – I'm sure people expect me to come on here and just bash the Chiefs, and I'm sure I'll find a way to do it. Uh, My big question the whole time was if that offensive line was going to hold up and not give up a sack against that defense. I mean, you can't ask them to do any better than that, and that's impressive. And, you know, they found a way to win. Mahomes didn't have gaudy numbers. I mean, 182 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 182 yards won't win you a ton of games, but – they found a way to win. That's what good teams do. So, good for them. Now, uh, fuck the Mahomes family. I, I, I would I would say this is that people all year have undersold the Chiefs' ability to run the ball. Pachenko ran the ball really well. It allows Mahomes not to necessarily 
need to throw for 400 yards. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on the Chiefs running game. I mean, Mahomes has turned two, again, you know, fly-by-night receivers that nobody wanted into, again, all pros. So pretty impressive performance. Um, that offensive line has to be given credit. You're absolutely right. They outperformed and outmatched arguably the number one defensive line, while the Chiefs' number two defensive line was given Jalen Hurts problems, especially in that second half. Speaking of underestimating the Chiefs, can you have a serious talk with your brother about – I know I get you have to do some sort of mental gymnastics in your head to get up for the big games, but we got to stop with the – to all the haters, everyone said we couldn't do this. No. You were the second favorite going into the fucking season. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that conversation is absolutely ridiculous. They were on, they were uh, favored to win in 17 out of 20 games that they played this year. And they were favored to win the Super Bowl at four different times, including the very last second they got moved to a favorite of one and a half. You're not an underdog. I'm sorry, you're not. If you're... If you're that high on the beginning of the season and then you're favored that many times, and during the regular season, I'm pretty sure they were only the underdog in the last game when Mahomes didn't even play. Or whatever game that was, whatever one that he was hurt and he didn't play, that was the game that they were the underdog. Every other regular season game, they were the favorite, and then they were the underdog again uh, for the playoff games because they weren't sure about what was going to go on. Like, I, come on. you That is a 100% bullshit thing, and I, I agree. I if you have to pump yourself up that much, that's that's not very confident in yourself, in my opinion. Listen, they call it bulletin board material. I don't like it either. I didn't like when Georgia did it, so I'm not going to sit here and, and, and talk like a hypocrite and and say that the Chiefs – oh, yeah, people underestimated the Chiefs. No, that, that, that's not fair to say. Um, you're right. It, it, it was tiresome. His act was tiresome. Like, I – I really like Travis Kelsey, but I think somebody needs to tell him. He needs a no guy. Somebody needs to tell him. Let's uh, let's calm down there, big guy. He needs one of those 23 girls that it didn't work out with on the dating show to just follow him around and nag him into submission. But he's good. I mean, he's, he's one hell of a wide receiver. Tight end, I guess. Uh, you know. But I... I I mean, he's by far is changing the game as far as tight ends go. I mean, we thought it was Gronk. We hoped it would be Aaron Hernandez. We saw how that turned out. Uh, it turns out it's Travis Kelsey. And, I mean, in reality, he he definitely has changed that position around to something completely different. Is it uh, time to start talking about him being on the list of all-time great tight ends, or do we put him at the top of that list yet? Or how much? I, haven't exa- I haven't examined him that much to be able to see if he has a great tight end. Um <laughs> Charlie, what do you think on that one? <laughs> so, do I mean, is, how much more does he have to do to get in that same realm? Gonzalez, obviously, Gonzalez is the number one. What what more does he have to do? Is he is he approaching that at this point, or does he still got? I mean, he's there. I mean, I think you could actually argue that he's probably better than Gonzalez at this moment, and it's just based on Super Bowl wins, right? Like Gonzalez, I don't think had a meaningful playoff win. Like I. I'd have to look at it. I don't know this off the top of my head. but Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I think it would be – I think it's really freaking close. I think he's in that – he's definitely in the conversation. There's no doubt about that. He is definitely in that conversation. But the playoffs – or the playoffs in a Super Bowl are, are really tough because it, it truly is a team thing. I mean, you could have – you could have a, a player like Torrey Holt that goes silent in a Super Bowl, but he's still a great player. He's one of the best ever, should be a Hall of Famer. Um, Travis Kelsey, though, performs in Super Bowls. And really, he performs in every game he plays in because that offense runs through Travis Kelsey, which is why losing Tyreek Hill, if you thought Tyreek Hill was going to kill that team, you were absolutely wrong because it doesn't go through a wide receiver. It goes through Kelsey. Um, but I, I think Charlie, I think he's in that he's in that conversation for sure. And he's, he's pushing the limits. You give him another probably, what, two years, three years is what he has in the league, somewhere right around there. And he will definitely be the best if he stays on this path. There's no doubt I mean, about that one. Charlie, you and I were talking about him during the fantasy football season. It's kind of a hard thing to equate fantasy sports to actual, like, real sports. But, like, when you looked at it, his numbers this year, he was, like, double Mark Andrews. Yeah. Like, um, 
I, I had him in, in one of my leagues, and he was actually, I did the comparison of him to wide receivers, and he was a top five wide receiver this year. Yeah, I I I, I think he's up there. Like I I, I think when it, the dust settles, like you you might say because you know obviously all sports are driven by championships, and somebody's going to say Gronk because Gronk won more Super Bowls, I think. Um, yeah, I think he has currently, a, but he was if. I mean, theoretically, you know, Travis Kelsey could play another, you know, Adam, you said two to three years. I think it's probably more like three to five years. Um, what, I mean, what happens if they go back to the Super Bowl next year? They're clearly right now poised to be the best team in the AFC again. I mean, for everybody to yeah, underdog them next year. Yeah, they're going to be the underdog next year. We all know that. But I, Kenny, I, three to five, I think three is probably the magic number. He's 33 right now. He'll be 34 halfway through the season next year. He's already starting to see in, injury issues that are starting to to affect him with his back. And when you're 6'5", 250, you're going to start having back issues playing in the NFL, especially taking hits. Um, he could, but I think three years is probably the right number for him. You're also going to have back issues when you're carrying the team like that. A lot of weight on those shoulders. A lot of weight on those shoulders. So, do we want to talk uh, a little bit about the Eagles as well? I know Sean's going to get mad at us if we don't. There yeah, go. he's yeah, got go that preamble it. coming, right? He's gonna he's gonna add it to the to the front of the episode or something like that. Four score and seven years ago, <laughs> um, the Philadelphia but... Eagles were founded. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So as uh, as Cameron said earlier, you know Jalen Hurts with. Uh, with a very good stat line, 304 yards and one uh, touchdown through the air and another three touchdowns on the ground. Um, in the first half, they scored on all but one drive if you if you don't count the fumble recovery for Nick Bolton. So they had it going in the first half, and then they just they couldn't keep it moving in the second half. Uh, not enough time to come back at the end there. Uh, they had, they I forget how many seconds they had left at the end, but uh, awful, terrible throw from Jalen Hurts what was that did, did he throw with the wrong hand what what happened there <laughs> you know we always talk about going and doing the field goals to see who can make it I think we need to go whenever we're doing that and just see if someone can yeah. throw the ball further than him on that ball. we're we're gonna put that on the list of challenge football challenges that we're gonna have we're just gonna spend a day uh, send it to our email if you have suggestions. Twitter us and let us know if you have a suggestion for other things. But that is definitely yeah, we're one here, of the ones we got to figure out. You'll be able to find that at Pod Writing Pine. On Break, breaking news: Blues trade Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari to Toronto in exchange for three draft picks. Adam Gaudet, damn it, phone, damn it, and Mikhail Abrahoff, Abrahoff, Abramoff. What are the uh, what are the draft picks? What the the Blues app likes to crash. So if anybody's listening from the St. Louis Blues uh, networking team, uh, every time your app sends me a notification, it crashes. Oh, it's uh 2023 first, 2024 second, and a 2023 third. Ooh, I like this. I like that's, this. That's a lot of picks. So no Austin Ooh. Matthews. No, dude, I think that fell through. Side mm. note, my twin. Side note, I, don't you dare, don't you dare insult Austin Matthews like that. I'm sitting on a bus with a bunch of Canadians at the sales meeting, and they're talking about how bad Austin Matthews is. I'm just like, if I had hair, I would pull it out. If I had hair, I would pull it out. Like, come on, idiots. That's huge. Anyways, let's go back to the Super Bowl. We'll get hockey later. Uh, I had one other thing that I thought was really interesting about the Super Bowl, uh, which leads to what Charlie kind of said a second ago with the Eagles kind of getting shut down, total change of pace in the second game. I'm a big nerd when it comes to, like, the breakdown of plays. Like, that, it's one of those things, if you weren't the greatest at sports, you figure out how things happen and, and how you play, play sports well. Did you guys see Dan Orlovsky's breakdown of the two touchdowns in the second half by the – the chiefs no i think that guy's a twat so he is he is uh not exactly my favorite person but he's smart about what he did he did he sucked playing football but he's really good at breaking it down he was really the change at, back of the end zone 
yeah, he, he ran out of the end zone quick. Uh, we should put that on our, our list too. Who can run out of the end zone better? Uh, Time out. Hold on. I got to ask. I, I don't mean to interrupt. Was this the play they ran that scored the two touchdowns? Yeah. Did you see how they did it? It was a Twitter guy or a TikTok guy. Oh, they came out with it? That's fantastic. Yeah. Even better. That's even better. He copied off a of TikTok. Anyways, the the I think part of part of why the Chiefs are so great. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is next level. Yes, Travis Kelsey is next level. He's they always seem to have a good playbook. It comes back to the coaching. And I think Eric Bieniemy, and obviously as this post, it probably is going to be news that he's moving out of the Chiefs and he goes to the the commanders or whatever the hell they're called now. Um, but Eric Bieniemy is a, like, he's not necessarily the best player coach. Apparently like attitude is a little bit there, but he knows what he's talking about when he breaks down positions. And you have that along with the combo of Andy Reed, that is a mad scientist. And he is definitely a hall of fame caliber coach, especially now that he's won the second Super Bowl. how they were able to take the play and literally flip it because they noticed the the one-on-one on the on the cross on, on the motion to flip the play to the other side, cut the motion halfway, and get open. Not once, but twice. They literally told the Eagles, hey, you know what? We're going to run it. We're going to see if you're going to do it. Hey, you did it. Guess what? We're going to do the exact same play on the other side, and we're going to get the same result. Like, that is, that is coaching genius and excellence and literally doing their job to perfection. That's why they won that game. I mean, being able to make changes like that and to get your your playbook and to get instant feedback. And, you know, obviously the Super Bowl, there's a lot of commercials, things like that that goes on. But being able to change things over and to adjust your, your game plan so quickly. I mean, the Chiefs win that game because mostly, in my opinion, because of coaching. I, I... – I was just saying, I was thinking about that, that play, the play they run that was the identical play, right? It was literally what the Jaguars did to score like their one touchdown against them because, yeah. because they caught the Eagles biting too much um, or too committed to um, the man defense, right? And it just exploited it. And the fact that like, I don't know if it's, Eric Bieniemy, or it's Andy Reid who's picking up on these things, and we can circle back around to the Andy Reid argument. But like, just incredible. Like, hey, I'm gonna store this little one. We're gonna we're gonna put this one away, and we're gonna we're gonna run it. Just well, it incredible comes, knowledge to details. It comes from those the you know most teams run first 10, first 15 plays of their offense are all scripted. And they're looking for little cues, little ticks that get triggered off. But being able to look at your thing and being like, all right, cool, guess what? The guy goes in motion, the safety covers him as soon as he hits halfway, and then they flip on the other side. Like, being able to notice that and then coming back to it and being like, all right, cool, it's second down. We're going to run that play and see what happens. And they run it from the left. All right, the safety picked him up halfway. We're going to run it from the right. And instead of going all the way across, as soon as you hit the hash, cut back and you're going to be wide open. And guess what? It happened both times. And even the second time, the cornerback that was following the wide receiver over, the wide receiver was ahead of him. He was watching the wide receiver that stopped, and then he kept on going. I'll apologize to our listeners. I thought I was on mute. That was great. I don't know how I held off on that. Kenny, Sean, cut, Sean, cut that out. <laughs> I got to blow my nose so bad. But I'm, 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 I'm on. Hey. I'm I'm on Twitter for you for the for the peoples. I'm 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 looking at the reaction of the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Of course, uh, Greg Wachinski from uh, ESPN's got a jerk off thing to say because he's a huge jerk off. Doug Armstrong says goodbye to another captain. Thanks a lot, jerk off. That captain will be back in the off season, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think so Braden too. Shen is our captain, so it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, speaking Sean, of Twitter. Cut- Speaking of Twitter, we're just follow us at Pod Riding Pine. <laughs> we're just sending O'Reilly up to Toronto to do a little talking to Austin Matthews, bring him with him when he comes back. Yeah, for sure. So, All right, so uh, let's we... let's wrap up Super Bowl talk, uh, Cameron. Let's uh, inform the people real quick because we don't need to go into a lot of detail. How did our playoff challenge end up? 
Yeah, the true underdog story, not the one that uh, Travis Kelsey is making up. Sean with the upset victory. Uh, winning with 17 points, beating out Kenny by one. Uh, Kenny at 16, me at 14, Charlie with 11. Adam, the big loser uh, in a tiebreaker, also with 11 points. You hate to see it. No one ever could have guessed that Sean would catch fire like that. I can't wait to watch the punishment and see whatever Sean decides to say next time he decides to join us. What was the punishment again? What is the actual punishment that I agreed to? I believe you have to wear an Arsenal jersey uh, and also get it tattooed across your forehead. Uh, one of those is not happening. <laughs> Can we pick which one? <laughs> Negative. I, I got three jerseys for you to pick from. As soon as we start doing video, you're I'm on. I'm sure they're Can- all hideous shades of red, too. Congratulations. you're wearing a red shirt. Congratulations to our fearless leader. Um, I hope he takes solace in, uh, in, in that he – he earned a victory on Sunday because he certainly didn't get the one he wanted. And I'm also calling shenanigans because they cut away from the Stapleton anthem. They didn't yeah, cut that, the audio. I I don't know about that one. It was pretty freaking close. Uh, it was I will like four seconds. I don't know how he was able to hit the under. As soon as he started singing, I was celebrating. I'm like, oh, dude, I thought we had it. He he is going to be over. And then I got he got to a certain point. I looked at my phone. I'm like, what the hell? How's this this happening? What is he like? Yeah, I don't know what happened. It just like I don't think my clock stopped. I wasn't sure. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to be good. And then it got to like a minute 50. And I'm like. Oh, he's not going to do it. There's no way. He had like five words left. I'm like, oh, he had the under on this one for sure. He was timing that bitch out. I will say this, though. They looked like they found him under an actual bridge. Like, dude. That's just what it looks like. (laughs) It was a a great version. I, I thought that was a great national anthem. Definitely one of the best. I thought it was great. Right up there uh, with uh, Rihanna's halftime show. Very good halftime show. Uh, Not nearly as good as Prince. Let's not even get into that debate. Uh, It was good, though. That's a solid seven. Uh, Solid five. Oh, Charlie, this is great audio. Charlie has an original Purple Rain Prince shirt on. (laughs) It's tie-dye, baby. Look at that thing. Young Prince, too. That's before it became formally known as. Uh, I thought it was a, a solid five. It wasn't for me. Solid five out of five? No, not a ten. She was playing Super Smash Brothers. Um, yeah, I, whatever. Again, the halftime show is not for me. So, I did think it was impressive that she did that all herself. Like, it it doesn't happen very often. I think Katy. Harry might have been the last one to do everything all herself. Um, that I mean, that's that's impressive to go 19 minutes. All of the stuff that they have to go through and go through it fast because you know that they're not taking their sweet ass time. It's still impressive. It wasn't so, for me. It wasn't that interesting, but it was impressive. So I will ask you two gentlemen who clearly enjoyed it. Um, thoughts on her playing um, or singing uh, the the all of the lights hook. We know we know how uh, how endearing Kanye has been here recently to public. For the sake of this podcast longevity, uh, I'm not going to say anything on this. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, there's probably plenty of other songs she could have played instead. But at the end of the day, that is a banger, so you can't be you can't be too mad at it. Did she miss anything? I I don't think so. I mean. Nothing's coming to mind. I mean, I think she she covered all the all the big hits, all the at least all the ones that are going to be a good show for a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, she's got some other big songs that were slower and stuff, but that's not going to work for a halftime performance. You got to get the people up. You got to get them going. Yeah, I think I think she needed to bring out Tom Holland uh, from Lip Sync whenever she did Umbrella. I don't know if anyone has seen that video. You're going to have to go find it on your own. That's a good one. I, I was like, it. you know, she's not Zendaya, right? Like, that's you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought yes, we were. Go- I'm I thought, aware they're different I, people. I thought we were going there for a second, Cameron.
Hello, friends. This is Cameron May from the Ride the Pine podcast on the Benchwarmer Podcast Network. Please make sure to like and subscribe to us. Uh, leave a review, rate us five stars, both Spotify and Apple. Be sure to follow us on Twitter as well at Pod Riding Pine, as well as on Instagram at Pod underscore Ride the Pine. You can also follow our sister podcast at Put Me in Coach Pod. Let's get back to the show. All right, so let's jump to other other sports news and notes. Uh, last week in the PGA, the tournament that is not a big deal, something called the Waste Management Open. Did I get that right? Was that is that it? Waste Waste Management. Nobody nobody watches it. Average average. Hey, dickhead! Nobody gets the uh, reference. I know that's fine. Uh, you do. But it, the waste, manage, waste management is a massive golf tournament, despite what Kenny believes that it is not a massive golf tournament. Um, but it is, and it proved to be a pretty good one. Um, it, the ending was a little bit lame because Scotty Scheffler kind of just ran away with it, shot a 65 in the fourth round um, to come away with the win and earn a cool $3.6 million because of the new elevated status of that tournament. Uh, just in case you're curious... If you made the cut, you made $42,000. Congrats. I believe your name is Jim Herman. Uh, forty-two grand just to play golf and shoot plus eight for the weekend. That's a pretty sweet gig. Um, and then going right now is the Genesis Invitational, also upgraded not only to a higher status, but upgraded because the, uh, the big cat is back. Cameron, bigger deal that these tournaments are upgraded or that the big cat is back? I mean, it's... I'm sure you'll be able to look at the ratings uh, as soon as they're published, and you'll be able to tell what the bigger deal is. Uh, yeah, it's great that everything's elevated. The only reason that they are elevated is because of Tiger to begin with. Um, he was in the players' meeting. He was there when they had it in Montana. He's also the only person who's done this much to increase the purses. No one cared about golf in this fashion before Tiger. Uh also, I believe if you go back and listen to last week's episode, I called him for a top 25 in the tournament. Right now, he's right on the cut line, just making it in. Uh, so we're looking good on that. And he is he is flushing his irons right now. The, the club head speed with the driver is still there. Irons are peaking. Uh, he had some shots on the par threes today that were absolutely ridiculous. Short game, uh, he's rusty. That's all you can say. I was telling Jess, I came home from like golf lessons on on Thursday or yesterday, and I was excited because my ball speed off my driver was 168 and 169. I touched it three times. I'm like, damn, tour average is 171. That's not bad. And then I see Tiger at 178. I'm like, fuck, that guy, <laughs> that guy is old, <laughs> and he still got me by a lot. <laughs> 178, so- missing half a leg with half a yeah. back. Half a leg, <laughs> half a back. I mean, he's a fucking robot at this point. Um, but, I mean, it, the greatest point that I heard this morning on the radio is that uh, Tiger doesn't move the needle. Tiger is the needle, uh, which makes these tournaments so much massive and or so much more bigger and larger, whatever the hell. I'm not a wordsmith. Uh, but, but uh, you know, Cameron, you're right, that he has got PGA to this point. I mean, all of these guys – that are being interviewed, especially coming in this week, about him being in this tournament. They all looked up to him. JT, uh, Rory, Spieth, even Homa. I mean, Homa's got one of the best quotes ever of when he won the Genesis um, of actually meeting his idol. Like, all of these guys now looked up to Tiger, and then being able to still play with him is pretty awesome. Um, but I think this is going to be a fun round to finish, or a fun tournament to finish out. You got Homa right now, um, finished second round. He's at 10 under. Uh, John Rahm is at uh, nine under. You've got Morikawa at eight, Cantley at seven, Rory at six. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a weekend for these guys for sure. A quick note right, on so- Toma. Never finished second in a professional tournament. So he's either running away with this or he's yeah. going way outside the top ten. So I want to circle back around to the Waste Management Open and, and watching Sunday and it with it being a foregone conclusion – and uh, I know I said Connor McDavid had the personality of a pancake. I think Scotty Scheffler might be worse. Um, so bad. He what, is so bad. <laughs> what is everybody's thoughts on, like, winning a tournament at, like, what was it, 19 under? Yeah, like, I think so. Something let's like make these a little bit harder. 
Par yeah. is par is irrelevant. Yeah, tur- for these guys, par doesn't matter. Winning a tournament at nineteen under, I mean, that just sounds like you're playing PGA two K twenty three or whatever. You know, that, that yeah, that's but like video game number. Yeah, but again, par is par is a number. Like it, it's literally just what they feel based on the the rating of the course, the distance of the course, and how it plays. It's not. It means nothing to these pros. Uh, one of the, like I heard a really good point. I think a few months back, when you think of when you think of like us and our handicap. I mean, I'm low teens, like 14, 13, something like that. And you think of a scratch golfer. These guys are blowing scratch golfers away. Like you look at the Monday qualifiers. Um, these like they just had one for the Honda that's coming up. I think it's next week. And these guys that are scratch golfers are going out and shooting. 68 69 you know three or four under par and then you have these pros that are playing in these qualifiers that have to get qualified to be able to play in the tournament that are shooting like 62s like par is just a number to the course you got to look at the overall field and when you have a guy finishing at 19 you're like yeah we probably do need to make this a little bit more difficult but when your competitors are 17 14 13 they're putting up really good numbers every day and you're putting up even better. It's like when, was it JT, or no, was it Spieth or Tiger that, or no, I think it was Tiger that won, hit one of his uh, majors by double digits. You're not just beating your competition, you're obliterating your competition, and that's all that matters. I, I think that the whole, the par doesn't matter to them thing, I, I think, I don't know, I don't agree with that, because at the end of the day, these guys are playing these courses at 72, 73, 7,400 yards. We're, we would be playing these courses at 6,500 yards. I mean, they're they're already making it harder for them just by pushing yeah. the tee boxes back, you know. So I don't know, but I mean, I I, I want to go back to the uh, waste management thing, just like Kenny did. I I think it's the sixth major, in my opinion. I I, I love the tournament. I want to get down to Scottsdale at some point. Got to be a part of that 16th hole. Um, I mean, it, it looks it looks like the most incredible golf course to be at, you know. Charlie, you can't run fast enough to get there in time. That that is true. Somebody might have to airlift me, and drop me. We'll get you a cart. I'll just I'll we'll get. You. Here we go. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. But I, I do think that uh, the the genesis is going to be the the bigger storyline right now. Obviously, Tiger coming back, it's huge. Um, he, he looked pretty good on day one. You know, birdied 16, 17, and eighteen to finish the day two under. Uh, struggled a little bit today, though. Uh, I think when I looked at the scoreboard last, I think he was tied for 60th at one over, but I think they're still talking about him making the cut, though. So Yeah, yeah and I think my only my only concern with his game is when he gets off, he pushes the ball and he plays a power fade. And that is when you know that his leg is bothering him and his back is bothering him. And that's all that he's been doing off the tee. Now, he has been able to get lucky and he's catching it and he's playing his fade. Like, he'll start it on the left and let it come all the way back, which is fine. Um, but the consistency would be my worry. But in the end, all that the PGA really matters is that they can put Tiger Woods in some sort of tee time that they can put on TV because they're going to get the ratings for it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's, that, that's the point. Tiger, again, Cameron said it. Tiger is not the needle mover. He is the needle. I the PGA that. does not succeed, whatever, does not succeed without Tiger right now. And it's insane the relevancy he has had for – since what 1997 I don't, I don't think the, yeah i don't think the comment is that the the tour doesn't succeed without tiger i think the tour is succeeding because of what tiger has done and not just because of like him moving him moving it to another level but because he's actually bringing these guys in that want to play the game i mean scotty scheffler is the number one ranked golfer in the world and nobody gives a shit about that guy <laughs> right yeah don't tell me don't tell me the pga the pga does good because of what tiger did no 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 the pga does good because of what tiger does and that's show up just to prove kenny's point i i don't know if anybody started watching full swing yet on netflix highly recommend it uh, I'm yeah, very good. In, and uh, the episode that they've got Scotty Scheffler in, uh, I'm not giving anything away here, but I mean, <laughs> they really don't talk to him a whole lot. They pretty much just show him winning these tournaments and like show like how much he's winning. So even on that, he's got no fucking personality. He was the, he was, they did that or they're starting the new thing, which I think is awesome is they do the interview on one of the holes. Like they literally from the time that he tees off to the time that he puts, they do an interview. He was the worst one so far. Shocker. I know <laughs> the, the juxtaposition of that episode on full swing of Brooks Kepka uh, talking to Jenna Sims about what cover up she's going to wear. 
and how he doesn't think his game will ever come back, and Scotty Scheffler going to a kombucha coffee shop and reading Bible verses is incredible. Dude. (laughs) Both ends of the spectrum. (laughs) That boy may never be the same. That boy is struggling. And Brooks straight up, the bold-faced lie of, I don't even know who won the Masters last year. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. So, so bad. Speaking of Brooks, uh, I love Brooks Kepka. I think he's great for the game. Uh, it sucks that he went to live. Don't get to see him anymore. Uh, did you guys hear about, apparently, per his agent, he's having a little bit of buyer's remorse. Uh, they're looking it. into ways for him to possibly opt out of live. That doesn't seem like an organization that's going to let you leave. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need to pay back some money. Probably donate a kid. All the people stuff. who run the Bone Saw Invitational. Shout out to uh, Tron Carter from NLU for that. I'm sure no, I think somewhere. Very, very nice. I honestly think I. I've been thinking about that a while. Like, are you going to see buyer's remorse from some of these guys who jump to live, especially the bigger names? Like, I understand the European guys, right? Because we don't know the dichotomy between uh, the European nations and, like, the Saudis because, you know, the European Tours Championship is in Abu Dhabi, right? You, You would think it would be in Europe, but it's in Abu Dhabi. So, like, there is a completely different relationship and then you get a bunch of these Americans that jumped over, and it—it's interesting. I think, I think the interesting part of that is going to be the guys that are actually coming out. Like DJ has said, he went over for the money and not having to play the the same schedule as the tour. Like, if the guys just came out and said that, there wouldn't have been that big of a deal. If everybody had just been like, "Yeah, I'm in it for the money. I want the extra millions of dollars, the guaranteed money versus the extras," I think there would have been a lot less like flack from those guys, but. You had all these guys saying, oh, it's not about the money. It's about the freedom. It's about the, the which is ironic. Um, it's about the the ability to, to grow the game. Well, bullshit. You're not growing the game doing anything. Like, is it a different product? Yeah. Is it kind of an, a, a nicer product when you package it all together? Yeah. You're not watching, you know, I like watching golf for seven hours a day. Hell, I had it on at 924 this morning and I turned it off late this afternoon. Like, you know, I had it on all day while I was at work playing in the background listening to it all that stuff like i like that stuff but for the average fan going kind of to kenny's point being able to watch a full tournament or a full round of a tournament in four hours it's like watching a football game i mean that's it's boring let's be honest like we all like golf i think we all do but outside of the four majors most people are not watching golf with the intent that you two are because i saw cameron's little smirk when i made that comment like there, yes, there's always going to be the diehards, the guys who are going to sit at the sports book for like four days straight during the first two days or first two rounds of March Madness, and not like even get up to pee. There's like that level, and then there's you know, my brother who probably knows every player who right now from one to sixty, ranking at the Genesis, right? Like, but most golf fans watch the four majors. It's just interesting. Uh. I kind of lost my train of thought, so I don't. So speaking of sports that nobody likes to watch, let's jump to baseball. Uh, <laughs> big news coming out Look just that before transition. we started. That was a good one. You set me up, and I knocked it out of the park. Uh, coming on to the Twitterverse as we were getting ready for our podcast, Manny Machado comes out the first week of spring training and says, hey, Padres, guess what? I'm not coming back next year. I'm going to opt out of this shit. Um it's interesting, but I think that's why they've been planning the entire time of setting their roster up. Like they're spending all of this money because they know that it's coming. Um, and honestly, Kenny and I were kind of talking about it before, and Kenny has said in you know quite a number of times about like having some sort of uh, you know max contract or super max like the NBA has. But in reality, the way that the market's going for baseball, you got to opt out and you got to take your cash and, and get it while you can, um, which is fantastic. And speaking of getting your cash while you can. The best thing that came out about baseball, or maybe the worst thing if you're the Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns, he went to arbitration this offseason against the Brewers. Corbin was looking for $10.75 million, and the Brewers were looking for just over 10 at 
Uh, the Brewers won their arbitration because they're just, that's how it works. Um, but Corbin Burns came scorched earth for what, uh, for what his thoughts were as far as the Brewers went. And he comes out and says, I think it was yesterday in an interview, uh, you find out the true value of being a player for the organization. You think you work hard for seven years and five years with a big league team. You get in there and they basically tell you what you're valued and that you're not very or not contributing as much to the organization as you thought. Uh, they ended up winning it, but when it came down to winning or losing the hearing, it was more than that for me. That is massive statements coming from probably one of the biggest names on the Brewers. I mean, yeah, they have Christian Yelich, but it is what it is. But Charlie, how much does arbitration really affect these teams? And what do you think about that? Well, you know, considering I was uh, walked away and uh, wasn't listening to half of that, I'll just, uh, I'd like to concede my time to Cameron. <laughs> That's why I picked you. It was more fun just to see what you were going to say. <laughs> I think, yeah, I deserve that. That's all right. I deserve that. Uh, yeah, Cameron, yeah, those, go for those, it. Uh, <laughs> those remarks are are not something that you ever want to hear, uh, especially the way that he kind of followed it up with, uh, insinuating that the Brewers are blaming him for not making the postseason. It's a really bold move to uh, blame your ace for not making it somewhere. Um, I mean, if he's that unhappy, I mean, we just signed Mo to an extension here in St. Louis. So, I mean, he it's knows what like to do. like making a trade. That's the best offseason trade we've ever made. I don't know. I mean, it's shit. Like, the MLB has a problem with their contracts. They got to figure out something. Um, to be able to keep somebody in the minors for, I believe you can do it for a full six years, maybe six and a half, depending on when your timing comes. And then you still have to go through your contract. Like you think about being the star athlete that is, you know, using like a Mason win or, or Jordan Walker, somebody that the three of us know for the Cardinals, but somebody like that, that 18, 19 years old, you're getting drafted, you're a high draft pick, and then you're going to sit in the minor leagues for two or three years at least and just to marinate, just to get better. We just we just want you to get better. And then they have you by the balls once you finally get into the MLB and you're finally in the big leagues. And then and then they're gonna tell you you're the next coming. You're the neck. You're the greatest person. Like that's what they're gonna tell you for the first three four years of your contract. And then they're gonna come to you in arbitration and be like, yeah, you're not as good as we thought. Just wanna let you know you suck. This isn't gonna work. I think it's bullshit. Like it's a horrible mindset to have that you're gonna be with a team like he said for seven years. And they're going to treat you like shit in the end. That's crap. I think. I mean, what arbitration is clearly just like the airing of grievances at Festivus. I got a lot sure. of problems with you people, and now you're going to. <laughs> I mean, but what do you expect though with the way like these MLB teams or owners have treated the minor league baseball union? Right, like guys in deplorable conditions. Oh, it's horrible. Like, do you really think they give a crap? No, they don't, and that's and, the, like that's the bigger bigger issue with it. I'm I'm curious to see though. Are, are the Brewers one of the teams caught up in the the ballet stuff? Are they one of the regional players? I think they might be. So I mean, every little dime helps right now because if, if ballet starts defaulting on these payments, which I guess Manfred came out and started to talk about, um. I think there's a lot of teams that didn't spend as much as they could have this off season looking at you, Mo, who just got a contract. I don't know who's going to pitch for us, um, but like, we got a lot of great youth coming through the system. They're going to be great for three or four years. And then they're going to be shit because that's what we're going to tell them. Uh -huh, He's too busy they're gonna, they're... focusing on Paul DeYoung having a bounce back year. Oh, he's like making a trade too. He's our big free agent that we signed. Can you imagine what's going to happen? That free agent we got, Tyler O'Neill. Have you heard of him? He's great. He had a great year two years ago. He's going to be great. You know what? Him. I'm just going to solve all the problems by burning down the Cardinals front office. How about that? Yikes. God. Uh, that is not Martin, not publicized or whatever the hell. That is not a. That is not endorsed by the bench when we're that, That's the word. Again, I'm not the wordsmith. Cameron used justification earlier as a word. That was all Cameron on that one. <laughs> what? What was that word that you just said? I don't I don't know what you said earlier. It started with a J. Juxtaposition. There it is. <laughs> Do you have that written down? Was that on your toilet paper word of the day? Uh no, that's that's a that's a a fun running bit from it's it's like mother. 
It's like somebody was feeding him lines, like, hey, say this on air. Sam, Sam's in the background. <laughs> He's holding up cue cards. <laughs> We're going to get an honorable yeah. here in a little bit from him. <laughs> um, and then the last thing that I got for news and notes, um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week because he was shopping trades, uh, but the Raiders released Derek Carr. Um, got him out of his contract. They don't have, owe him. I forget what the exact amount, but they don't owe him the full amount of his, his salary. Um, I found it very interesting that he spent all this time talking about going to the Saints and wanting to get traded to the Saints. And then he tells the Raiders no, and he's not even going to go to the Saints. Like, that isn't even an option, probably because Kamara's going to end up facing charges. Uh, that just came out this week. That's yep. that's a big one. That one hurts. Um but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Where's where do you guys think that Derek Carr lands this year? Well, as now I watched free the, agent. as I watched the Ducks and Kings, I saw the bottom line scroll that he is uh, going to visit with the Jets. So uh, poor bastard, Winnipeg. <laughs> Did you also? Saw, I got that game on too. Did you also see at the beginning of this period each team had three fucking guys in the box? No. What? Happened? That's a way to do it. I yeah. almost there was almost a goalie fight, which all that yeah, that was nice. Would have been oh, yeah. awesome. Copley didn't want to go after it, did he? Like, that would I mean, have been amazing podcasting. Yeah, because we would have put your phone up to the TV and watched it. Um, it would have been but, I mean, for everybody. I don't think the Jets is a is a horrible landing spot for him. I yes, really it don't. is. They have, they have decent <laughs> weapons, and they have a good, a very good defense. It's just Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco is the problem this year. Well, Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback, remember? Oh, oh he, he was elite, yeah. Um, you're right. Uh, but I mean, if it's me, I'm going to the NFC South. You have three options there. Uh, you can go to really full off. You can go to all four. You can go to Carolina. You can go to Atlanta. You can go to back to Tampa where you just had Tom Brady win, or you know, like a year ago, but still he won. And you still got the Saints that have a decent offense. They have a shit ton of cap issues. Like that's a problem. But any of those, you're going to win a division. You know, you, you go there, you're going to be the best team in the division, especially if you go to Tampa. I mean, I think that's the that is probably the best landing spot if he doesn't head west somewhere. I could honestly see Derek Carr not getting a job until really, really late in this process. Um, you think? Oh no, he's going to be the first quarterback that goes somewhere. You think he's going to sign with CBS? <laughs> yeah. No, Tom, sorry, Tom Brady already got with Fox. He'll be the second quarterback to go somewhere. No, what I mean is like everybody was talking about like Jimmy G last year. Like Jimmy G, where is he gonna go? He's the number one quarterback. Blah 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 Miami. blah. And they got to training camp, and oh, lo and behold, he went back to San Francisco because all the other offers dried up. Yeah, I, but that was he was still under contract. Like that's that's totally different though. He didn't get cut. Yeah. You can't have Jimmy G going to Miami. I We talked about how he much is. since he would be in Vegas. Could you imagine that boy living in Miami? He So there are a lot of talks, apparently, about Tua not coming back. Why? Did he hit his head again? Because he thinks he's spaghetti. The noodles are falling out of his ear at this point. Like, it's not good. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talks that he may not be coming back. And Miami making the move to get Garoppolo because of McDaniel, which would be one hell of a combo. And then you have Waddle on one side, Hill on the other. That's a decent offense. And Jimmy G can only throw the ball 15 yards. That ain't going to be shit. Doesn't matter. Those two guys are fast as hell. Get the ball in space and let him run, baby. I mean, the only other quarterback at this point is going to be Aaron Rodgers. You know, you don't have to worry about where Brady goes. Um, you got Aaron Rodgers that – I I have no idea where he's going to go at this point. I mean, talk, I, I, every week I get less and less confident. I, I Sean, Sean made some dickhead remark that I'm going to circle a comment back to around to Mizzou. So I'm going to, um, you know, Tom Brady's backup the last time that he was in trouble. Matt Castle got a sh- starting job. It wouldn't shock me to see Blaine Gabbert get a starting job. There's a lot of talk that he might. He might just stay in Tampa and get the job. And I don't think it's a bad spot for him. I mean, Mike Evans is a little hit and miss, and and you still have a little bit of a question at running back. Fournette's good, but, you know, is he really going to be what they need? That defense isn't bad. I mean, he can – Blaine Gabbard is a serviceable quarterback. That's for sure. I mean, it it wouldn't shock me if Tampa – because I think the Chiefs are going to cut 
Edwards Alaire, somebody like that goes to the Bucks because he is just a downhill running back and like they run that straight, just you know, run run style. Um this offseason is gonna be fun. That's all I'm gonna say. I agree, and I think if they get, you know, if the Bucks get a good running back, you still have Josh Jacobs that once out of out of Vegas. What about uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Derek Carr just swapping teams? Rodgers goes out to Vegas. He can go. He can quick access to the desert for a little ayahuasca trip. He can reunite with Devontae Adams. I don't think the Raiders have the capital to be able to do it. That's and that's that's the biggest part of where Aaron Rodgers goes. Like, it's not Aaron's choice on where he wants to go. He he can pick the team, but the team still has to be able to fit them in cap and have the the capital to be able to give back to the Packers. But you can pay him in loose-fitting beanies and (laughs) bags of weed. Unfortunately, I don't think that qualifies in the NFL, but they could, and he would probably accept it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. He's going to be – Kenny, you might be right. It may be Aaron Rodgers that goes somewhere, and then Derek Carr goes to the next place. But Derek Carr, to me, is probably – he is a system quarterback. He is probably the better of the two options at this point. Let's also not forget about the fact that Lamar Jackson wanted to be roped in with the Ravens offensive coordinator hire, and they yeah. didn't. Like, you could possibly see Lamar Jackson hit free agency. No, he's going to be no. a New York Jet. Yeah, what did you say, gonna, Charlie? I said he's going to be a New York Jet. They're going to tag him, get him under contract, and then trade him. That's where he's got the most value. That would be an interesting scenario. I mean, that's the only one that makes sense for him because you're talking about if the Ravens don't, they're going to lose a very good quarterback for absolutely nothing. And then they're going to be searching for one because they're not going to have a top pick. Like, I mean, they're not going to be a high pick. They're going to get, they may get Will Levis. That sounds fantastic. Oh, um, yeah. Let's go from Lamar Jackson to Will Levis. Great. Uh, you know, and nobody's going to want to go play in that offense because that offense was shaped around Lamar Jackson. So that's not going to work for any of the other quarterbacks that are out there. Will Levis is my 2023 white quarterback that will undoubtedly drop some more deserving quarterback, i.e. Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in the draft because it no, always happens. He won't go that high. No. He's Bullshit. They're talking about him going number one. There is no way that he goes number Dude, one. Dude, I saw a list. I swear to God, I saw a list. No and they were way. talking about it on ESPN. Should they t- should they take him number one? I about fell out of my chair. Who is, who is going to dr- jump up and take him number one? I'm, just, I'm at a loss for words. Who's Kenny, that, that, I want- that had to have been like a fake tweet or something. I love Charlie's mic mutes automatically when other people talk and he is just on a rant. <laughs> he has he hasn't said anything on the podcast in two minutes, but he's just been rambling on and on. What would you do if you found out there was a podcast host hosting his podcast from only his phone? Would you reach into your pocket to donate a dollar to help get him a tablet? Donate to the Get Charlie a Tablet Fund. DM us at our Twitter account at PodWritingPine. Thank you. God bless. No, I said who? I, I said who? Who's saying this? Like, I, I want first and last names. I want them fired. I want them tarred and feathered. This is terrible. It was probably Mel Kiper. I know he loves him. Oh my him. god! Yeah, that's if that happens, that's worse than Jake Locker. That's, uh, let me guess. Was it Danny Cannell? Because he's a fucking moron. It was probably Trent Dilfer. Oh. Actually, you <laughs> yeah. know what? It might have been Trent Dilfer now that I think of it. Because it was just one of those things that I was like, I was sitting down. I had my laptop in front of me. I was doing some stuff at work. And I looked over and saw a TV. And it was like, Will Levis, number one. I'm like, what are they smoking in Connecticut right now? Well, All right. So let's... Isn't Trent Dilfer the one that said something about Tom Brady shouldn't be in the uh, conversation for best quarterback of all time? Yeah, says the worst quarterback of all time to win a <laughs> right. win a Super Bowl. Get the hell out of here! Oh, Speaking of Super Bowl winnings, Kenny, you're two for two on this one. Uh, let's jump into our final segment. So Patrick Mahomes, he wins the MVP. Uh, this is his second Super Bowl MVP. He joins a list of only four other guys to win multiple Super Bowl MVPs. They're all quarterbacks: 
Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Bart Starr, and uh, Peyton's brother, Eli Manning. <laughs> I didn't know Cooper. Which Cooper? He's yeah. Cooper joined. He uh, somehow snuck in there. Um, so let's play a little game. The multiple Super Bowl MVPs. Those five guys. Rank them one through five. Who do you guys got? Ooh. Clear number one's got to be Brady, right? Can we all agree on this? Can I go first? Can I get my list real quick? Give your list. Let's go. Okay. Because I'm only going to rank, uh, rank the guys that I've seen play in my life. Uh, Bart Starr played well before I was even alive, and Montana played most of his career before I was even born. So I'm just going to give you Brady, Mahomes, Eli, in that order. Done deal. All right. That's fair. I think Eli's the one that – if we're doing start bench cut, Eli's getting cut. There's no doubt about that one. Yeah. I mean, I I think for me, though, like Bart Starr, obviously, I think Charlie's right. I got to take this with a grain of salt. Never saw him play. But just knowing that they were, like, sucking down darts during halftime at this time, of, you know, <laughs> right. I, I'm, and I'm pretty sure there weren't black players in the NFL at this point. Like, um, I, he's, he, he's my number five. Yeah, I'd go Bart Starr number five. His two Super Bowls that he won were Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think he's I, not, he's probably five. He probably I five. think right now, Mahomes is better than Eli Manning. So I think Eli Manning is number four. I, does Montana have two or does he have more? He's got four Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. Okay, then the answer is clear. Mahomes is number three, yep. Montana is number two, and Brady is clearly number one. Yep, that's that's the same exact list I have if, if I'm actually doing all five and being serious. So, yeah, Cameron. Yeah, that's it's not good radio, but that's that's the list. <laughs> well, luckily for us, we're on a podcast. Yeah, okay. well, here we can do it. say whatever we want. Let's do this then, since we all agree on that on that ranking. What about this? I know Kenny brought, brought kind of brought it up a little bit earlier. Or somebody brought up Andy Reid. Where do we put him on the ranking of best coaches of all time? I, I, I see. I, Kenny wants to say something. No, I'm just I'm just thinking about like where would I place him? I think when you look at it, like he's clearly on the Mount Rushmore of coaching, right? Like, yeah, he's got more. Like, I think his tree, his coaching tree is insane. Oh, it's massive. It's absolutely yeah. insane. Um, I think him and Belichick are up there. And, uh, man, I, I, he's on there. He's top four, right? Like, Oh, for sure. If you, if, if you really think about it, you'd say it's a Mount Rushmore. He's definitely top four. Yeah. I think he's the first coach to win in both conferences, right? That I don't um, I don't know. It, I could see somebody earlier being able to do that. It's, I thought they made a big deal of it when the Chiefs won their that that second or what was the franchise's second one um, that he was the first coach to win in both leagues. Maybe I don't know. I mean, he's he's definitely top ten, no doubt about that one. He's got two hundred and sixty nine wins total. That's counting twenty two postseason wins, and he's got two Super Bowls. I don't know. Let's see. So CBS Sports has Belichick, Lombardi, Shula, Walsh, Chuck Noll, and George Hallis. Once a bunch of people that were coaching before I was even born. Right. They don't count. But. I mean, I think I think Lombardi's got to be up there ahead of him because he is Lombardi. Like I think that's that's it. But I mean, Kenny, you might be right. He's he might be top four. I mean, Don Shula was a hell of a coach, spanned a decent amount of time. I did never saw Bill Walsh. And obviously Nolan Hallis, no idea. But I mean, I would say, I, I think I, you might be right, Ken. He might be four. It might be on my list. Three or four is probably about right. I mean, and and Charlie will love this, but the the disrespect of that list, Adam just read off to not mention uh, 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 Jimmy. Right? How about them Cowboys? I mean, those were great teams he coached. Yeah, but Jimmy wasn't a great coach. Hold on, let me let me clear something up. I have always said you guys always give me trouble. I've never claimed the Super Bowls that they won in the '90s because I wasn't a fan of them until the Rams left. So I'm not going to say anything about their coaches either. So yeah, I think Andy Reid's got to be up there. I, I don't I don't know if he, he's not one. Let's put it that way. Um, I think Belichick probably hasn't beat. And I think you got to put Lombardi there. So he's he's got to be three or four. Cameron, were you looking that stat up? What what 
or were you, you what did your computer just he was he was looking at the next word on the toilet paper no i was looking up the uh the andy reed both both conferences i forgot that he was an assistant with uh green bay when they won yeah i mean he won with the eagles too right he was the eagles coach no 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 that's that's what, what I was confused at. I thought that's what you were talking about, so I was trying to no, fact was, check you. So it was Peterson, you wasn't it? It wasn't Peterson. The head <laughs> it was Doug Peterson. Yeah. So yeah. what was the deal with him? Okay, I, I'll look it up and we'll figure it out for next time. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our list. Uh, Charlie, why don't you tell them about our socials? I don't have that. Re- Hold on. Let's see here. I think I got it on another page. Let me see. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Put Me In Coach Pod, and you can also follow. Uh, our Benchwarmer podcast network at BenchwarmerNet. And you can also Oh, hell, I just said put me in coach, didn't I? I'm really <laughs> Sean is going to love the free plug <laughs> up front. Well, he was, was going to get the free plug anyway. So the, yeah, put me in coach pod. That's the soccer podcast. Give it a listen. Check it out. We got the MLS starting up pretty soon. Uh, you can follow the Benchwarmer podcast network at BenchwarmerNet and you can follow us at Pod Riding Pine. I think I got it right that time. Wow, we have it written down and you still messed it up. And I'm sure Sean's going to be really excited to talk about those ugly jerseys that just got released. So uh, look There's forward to that. There's a lot the, of them. Yep. Yeah, look forward to that on the next Put Me In Coach.